0: the
1: learning process with your host, Eric Anthonson. What's up, folks? Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Hope you're well. Uh, Today's guests on the show are Noah Flagle and Austin Tovey. Um, And this is a really fun episode. I think you guys are going to dig it. Noah is an absolute legend. You probably know Austin from his first podcast. So we don't do a lot of recap into Austin's accolades in water sports. Um, But we do. uh, Noah starts this episode off by giving us an overview of everything that that he does and has has accomplished. He is a, I think it's a six-time world champion wake surfer. Um, absolutely crushes it behind the boat. But as you've seen through his clips, he crushes it in pretty much everything that he does. So I think you guys are going to love this show. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It's cool. You know, Noah and Austin were college roommates. And it's really insane to think that when Kyle Lenny was on the show and I asked him who inspired him, he named both of them. And it goes into one of the things that I think about how talent or progression happens and that is through hotbeds and people pushing and just so happens that the hotbed for where foil progression has come from was a house in Orlando where Noah and Austin lived together and towed every day you know they started experimenting on foil together and the two of them created a lot of the tricks that people are trying to do now I mean they're so far ahead of everyone except for maybe the Kais and a couple of other guys out there but they are uh, just absolutely pushing boundaries, and to hear them, hear their competition, um, the way that the way that they go at each other a little bit, but then are also super supportive. It was rad to see, um, and I get to ride with with Austin all the time, and I get to see that firsthand, and um, can't wait to get to to see you know Noah in the water more. But before we dive in, a uh, couple quick notes: the progression foil has been officially. I guess, announced and released, you know, you guys know about it because of the show, but you can actually now pre-order it. You can do that at a number of dealers in the United States, Uh, Big Wins TJ is supporting, Um, Good Breeze down in Cocoa Beach is supporting, they've got the foils, and they're going pretty quickly. So if you're interested, maybe grab an order, you can do it off the Unifoil website as well. Uh, I think your delivery time would be a little bit quicker from the dealers. The way that I understand it, dealers are getting the first batch and, um, you know, the first ship, it's the same batch, but the first shipment goes, uh, I guess, to the dealers. So probably get it, I don't know, maybe a few days ahead if you order it from a dealer, if that matters. Uh, and it will be sent out in April. I don't have a final date on that, but I do know that it's it'll be sent out in April. I actually just also recorded a podcast, which will be, I think, next week's show, with Cliffy and we break down what we learned through the process. And so that's a pretty rad one as well. Um, and I am doing the podcast and I forgot to pick up my, fr- my son from school and I just got that text. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, life comes at you. All right. Well, I'm going to jump off and do that. Enjoy the show with Austin and Noah. It's a great one. And hit me with questions, comments, feedback, and thank you guys for all the support. It's been really fun getting all the messages and everything um, you know, all the time. So, thank you. Appreciate it. What's up, folks? Uh, this is a fun one today. I've got Noah and Austin here with me at the studio or a kitchen table. What's up, guys? How's it going? Stoked to be on.
0: Oh yeah, fire it up. It's going to be a fun one.
1: We've been trying to do this for a bit. You and I know I've tried to connect a number of times and it's cool that it's finally worked out. Um, We're going to get into a lot of fun stuff today, but give us some background on all of your accolades before we do that. Um, So yeah, I, I grew up in South
2: Florida and started surfing before I could even remember, probably around like two years old. My parents were pushing me into waves. Um, started wakeboarding at three years old, and started competing in wakeboarding at six or seven, and then did that pretty full on until I'm still doing that pretty full on. So wakeboarding has been kind of the sport that got me into competing, and that's what I put most of my focus into as a younger Grom, <clears throat> and then as I grew up, uh, my older brother started wake surfing a lot, which got me into wake surfing, and then started competing in that. And then started foiling in college with Austin when I lived with him. Uh, we lived together for a couple of years at the, like my second two years of college, we got to live together and spend a lot of time on the lake behind the house, just progressing the foil scene and kind of just figuring it out. We kind of were learning at the same time. So um, as far as accolades go, I won a couple, Uh, Junior world championships in wakeboarding in the junior pro division as well as two national championships Um, In 2015 I got second place in pro uh, the wakeboard world championships and um, I think I've won six wake surfing world titles at this point point. If I remember correctly, somewhere around there. Jeez. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of competing throughout my whole life. I'm still doing it. And, um, over the last like three or four years, I'd say I've really started to expand my personal brand into more of a waterman and just trying to follow the conditions and do whatever's best that day, instead of just focusing on one sport year round, I'm super ADHD. So it's hard <laughs> for me to like focus on only one thing. So I kind of just bop around from sport to sport. And that's what keeps it fun for me and keeps it fresh. So I'm really stoked on
1: where things have taken me and the the fun activities I get to do on a day-to-day basis. Is that a strategic decision, too? Is there some part of you that's like, I know, like, in foiling right now, and I'm in a very different place, very different age demographic, the whole thing. But I'm like, there's no chance that, like, I'm going to keep up with guys like you, or the younger crew guys that are, like, 12. So i like started to change my mentality on what I'm doing. How old are you, at 24 right now, 25? 25. 25? 25. Yeah. When do you age out of, like, wakeboarding and all that kind of stuff? you probably got a long a long career left in that, right? Yeah,
2: I mean, wakeboarding is, like, really brutal on the body, so it's kind of a young man's sport, for sure. Um, I'd say, like, the oldest people on tour that are, like, still relevant are all under 30. Mm-hmm. So... It's not a super longevity-driven sport like maybe foiling can be. Right. But, yeah, it's just a super high-impact sport and really, really brutal on the body. I've had, I think, five surgeries now from wakeboarding. I've had two shoulder surgeries, three knee surgeries, and a torn bicep tendon surgery, so six. Yeah. So it's, it's brutal. It's gnarly, but I still love it, and it's just... I don't know. It's fun, but... Still got That's some crazy bangers
0: under his belt yeah. that he puts down. Tell me about Noah Austin. <laughs> oh, it's just so fun to ride with him. Like, it's definitely been fun to foil with him behind the boat. We definitely learned a lot in college, just, like, every day after class. Like, the boat would probably be running, and we would just hop off the dock and start getting some pools. And then just, yeah, just progressing the sport, just... uh he's been getting really crazy with all this with all the strapless stuff mm-hmm. that's like i want to start focusing more on like the strapless technique stuff like the strapless back 360s and he put down the strapless flip which is just mind-blowing but yeah. yeah it's just been it's really fun to ride with him wakeboarding wake skating the foils really changed the game for us just like getting on the water so much more right. taught him how to kite too so it's really fun to do some trips with him and just uh make the most out of the wind or the waves or w- whatever the conditions give us yeah so like like yesterday or the day before yesterday it was just like cranking wind and we dropped the ski and we're doing some downwinding in the river with the foil and I didn't really want to blast out to the ocean at all because it was just so windy but then no it was like dude come on let's just go like when, when we're on a ski we always find a way to have some fun. So we were just getting like super beat up on the way out there but then the downwinding part was so fun going back there was like still some swell so we were kind of like riding swell downwind and and downwinding
1: that's ridiculous so, yeah I mean, that was a day i was winging yeah so it was windy it was west too so it was it like was, a, a weird day
0: yeah it was honking i was not not down to take the ski out but noah talked me into it and i'm definitely glad that we did it and we got some surf tow outs too <laughs> yeah yeah the toe hats like he's always wants to take the ski out even if it's like one to two foot and just like get whipped <laughs> into waves and just like work on the air game surfing and stuff so that's kind of fun to do when the tide's high and there's it's not really breaking for foil always frothing ready to
2: ready to surf anything one foot <laughs> yeah go, we just got
0: to get Noah on the wing ding he just needs to up his wing game so yeah. so he can uh, join me on some on some <laughs> winging sessions but he's definitely getting better He's definitely getting better. That's the last thing that he needs to learn. And wow. then some downwinding, too. We got He's definitely been doing some more downwind runs, like, in Hawaii. He was showing me some crazy videos of just, like, these insane bumps. And, like, he's not a big high-aspect guy, so he said he <laughs> went on, like, a MA 800. I'm like, dude, what are you <laughs> doing? You're making it so hard for yourself. Dude, but man, he made it. Yeah, the MA,
2: <laughs> the MA seems super fast to me compared to, like, what I normally ride. I usually ride the CF or the... HS series, so getting on the MA was like a big step up for me and a lot more high aspect than what I'm used to. And the
0: MA's eight hundred so good but I couldn't do like a downwind around around and like that wouldn't be my wing of choice for that but
2: I worked out for him. C, yeah. Yeah. The 800 was a little bit Underwanged for me when I did the downwinder
0: like the thousand that we rode yeah, the, other the, thousand day. the other day it was great for downwinding yeah. and surfing that was like the perfect wing for that because we wanted to do like a little bit of both but didn't right. have to switch so like right. we could just rip swell and then do some downwinding too yeah we chose the right wing that day for sure definitely but yeah we've had some really fun toe foil sessions like down in south florida he's taking me out um some really good tow foiling and some and some clear water down there and then when he comes up we always have some fun up here Yeah, So, Um, hoping to maybe do some kite foiling after the podcast or maybe some winging.
1: It's going to be good for a wing. I'm I'm actually hoping it comes up a little bit more and we get it down and run in. Right. So, I just got the Katie Marlin 13 tail, and I got to ride it yesterday on some chips. and thing's so efficient. It was weird in turns. It was a little, like, really pitchy in turns, and maybe I can get that out with tuning or maybe a long, like, the long fuse will help, but um, the speed, the efficiency of it was just ridiculous, so that's going to be on on the next downwind run.
0: Yeah, those cane tails look sick.
1: Yeah, he's he's always got good stuff up his sleeve. Um, so when Kyle and he was on the show, and I asked him who inspired him, first you guys had mentioned were you two, which I thought was pretty sick. And then I was starting to think about that, and I started to think about, you guys were roommates in college, come from the wakeboard background, and then you have this ability to push each other. And I don't think it's random that, when he's thinking about that style, that you two have kind of pushed the sport farther than anyone else has um how much did living together starting foiling together and then kind of in your own echo chamber maybe at the beginning you know working on new tricks and all that like how much of that um helped with the progression the inspiration pushing each other and like how competitive is it between you two I'd say that like living together was everything for us like yeah I always tell people
2: that like the years we got to live together were like the best years of my life because
0: it's not often
2: that like I get to spend a lot of time with someone who does all the same activities that I like to do Mm -hmm. and like is better than me at a lot of them or at least like on the same level so it's really really fun to just get to spend a lot of time with someone like that and it inevitably leads to progression so
0: yeah no doubt like for me just like growing up here wakeboarding like i've always just been like the best wakeboarder like here in town and then like foiling and everything but then when i met no i was like well this dude's way better than me at a lot of things here so like it was really cool to just learn a lot from him and just yeah definitely just keep seeing what we can do and it's funny because we thought our foiling had peaked like a, a long time ago. Like we thought our foiling yeah. had pretty much peaked and that we'd done pretty much everything that we could do, but... When was that? What tricks was that? Those? was just like the front side threes, like the alley-oops, um, like the flip. Like, pretty much. And then I started to get creative just trying to do some, like, wakeboarding stuff. Like, Noah thinks it's pretty funny. Like, but but when I'll (laughs) do, like, a wakeboard Rayleigh or, like, trying to do, like, 720s, like, with the handle. Mm -hmm. um, Stuff like that. Wake style foiling. Yeah, like, wake style foiling. Like, I really want to get, like, a Pete Rose um, across the wake. Like, a toe side backflip with a front three um, and stuff like that. But then now, like, we thought our foiling had peaked. And then Noah's done the, the strapless three and the 720 the race to the 720 is on for sure so while Noah's out doing his competing uh while Noah's busy doing all his competing traveling around the world I can put in some time and hope hope to beat him to that one so that that's what I want like more than anything right now is that how
1: do you feel if he gets the the trick first or how do you feel if he gets the trick first he's
0: been pretty close I've been pretty close (laughs) but it's just gonna take a lot of tries but yeah
1: I'd be stoked I'd be stoked for Austin
2: to get it first like I'm always pushing for the boys to progress and like at the end of the day, it just is making the sport bigger and better. So, if anyone does like a trick first or before me, I'm like super stoked for him. Like I always post it and yeah. give everyone clout where it's due. So yeah,
0: for sure, I definitely would be sick to see Noah stomp that thing. I also would would love to do it first, but <laughs> but yeah, Noah's been been stomping like so many new ones lately with the whole strapless tech. So I need to get, put some more time on on the strapless game.
2: Yeah, that's what I want to see is also start pushing the strapless because. He's so good strapless, like on a wake skate and stuff. He's way better than me. And like in college, we would wake skate almost every day behind the jet ski. That was a blast. Um, and I have learned a ton from him. So I know that if he starts riding strapless, he'll progress super fast. And I, I wanna see more people in foiling start doing more strapless tricks. Cause to me, like when you land a strapless 360 or even like a strapless Air, it's like the best feeling you can have on a foil. Like I, when I'm riding for fun, I pretty much only ride strapless. Mm-hmm. And if I'm like trying to land a new trick or like shoot a cool video, I'll put the straps on to like go big and get upside down. But strapless foiling, I think is the way. And I always tell people like, strapless is the way to go.
0: Yeah, it's crazy technique with it. I just have a lot more confidence with the straps on for sure. But like to see him go like full skate mode with the three shove on the foil, that was sick. I definitely want to hit that one. Yeah, Definitely would take good. a lot that of tries, ridiculous. though, yeah. Just game skate mode, kickflips <laughs> next. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to do
2: that uh, three shove without the rope, like on a wave proper. Oh, that'd be insane. Dude, yeah.
1: dark slide. <laughs> <laughs> Flip it, grab the foil.
0: Dude, it's crazy, because I would have never <laughs> thought like, that, oh, like, that's, that's that's a three yeah, shove. That's, a idea, that's but the but yeah, cool yeah, thing, It's, is it's like, I would have never thought that. I would have never thought the three shove was possible, and then, like, just to see Noah do it, it's like yeah just always thinking of like what's next what's next so
1: yeah i have a healthy respect for the foil and like never really got into like the air game just because i had some gnarly falls right at the beginning and i was like "Ah, i don't know if it's worth it but it seems very possible now from what you guys are doing and
0: yeah it's just fun to throw the straps on and just try try some new stuff but i mean your turns are so good like you've just totally mastered that yeah just the full surf style
1: I'm um, sick to see too. Is there something about having the weight, the inertia of the foil that makes it a little easier to keep it on your feet once you get used to the pop? Because, you know, a surfboard, it's like light and flighty. And, you know, if you don't play the wind right, then it can get kind of weird under your feet. Is there anything about that inertia from the foil It's always just harder?
2: Yeah, no, I'd say that like the weight of the foil definitely kind of helps with like at least the momentum. Like mm-hmm. there's just so much energy coming out of the water. With the wing, like being in the water and harnessing the energy way different than a surfboard does on top of the water. Mm -hmm. So when it kind of springs up, it has so much momentum going up into the air, which is basically pushing up into your feet, which kind of it wants to stay like stuck to your feet, essentially, as long as you get a good takeoff. So that definitely helps. And then also I've realized like in the ocean or even on the lake too, but if you're going into the wind and you do an air, it helps a ton when it's like basically pushing, Right. the wind is pushing you up into the air and making it stick to your feet even more. And it also helps you land softer. And also the foil helps you land softer because mm-hmm. it's like breaking the water first. And like, it's almost like a parachute when you're skydiving, when you pull it, it like, it like jolts you real quick. As soon as it engages, it's the same thing. Like when it hits the water, it like slows you down, to that initial cushion, and then the board hits the water, so.
1: Are you you trying to land like tail first, so you're stalling the foil as you land? Like you landed nose first and you gained lift, then you'd kind of buck, right? Right,
0: sometimes that's crazy when you feel like you're gonna stick it perfect, but it just like ejects you like a pogo stick. mm -hmm. Those landings are like, you can be like pretty much ready to stick it perfectly and then just get like ejected up, so that's really like the proper technique. Yeah, I feel like, kind of landing like tail in the water first and then riding off is like the best, but.
1: it's probably why straps make it a lot easier, right? Cause you can like pull up your front foot to like really position the board for landing, I would assume.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, there's definitely like pros and cons. Like I-, I love just like the confidence of just like being strapped up and like gaining a lot of speed and just like charging out of section for like a big error or flip or something. But then I was watching like Mr. Bennett's clips, some of those and just, he, he keeps his stance like so skinny. Mm -hmm. which, like, really makes it look, like, super steez. So I kind of just want to, like... Yeah, I just have an option to have <laughs> my straps even, like, closer together for the skinny stance. <laughs> yeah. It's all skinny.
2: Awesome. Yeah, the other day when we were on the jet ski doing the downwinding, Austin kept putting his feet, like, really <laughs> oh, each other. And yeah. all the clips, he's like, we're both, like, feet together, feet together. Oh, it was so funny
0: because <laughs> Noah like funny went stays. down and there's this massive barge coming through, dude. Like, massive. And he's just right in the middle and he's like, yo, come and get me. And I come to get him. This guy's like, obviously... Like, this is his line, he's going, this thing's huge, like, this wind was pushing him, and the current straight into us, he just lays on his horn, 12 honks, 12 honkies, he was just, wouldn't stop, and we got out of his way, and then, yeah, the the winning, that, that runner I did before, I wish Noah came in time, when it was still, like, more south in it, and, like, I so took 1325, and I'm, I just like feet together the whole time, just standing there. It was just so much fun. Feet are together. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then yeah, we ended up doing some more. The downwinding in the river was fun. Um, Brian claims I can get better than Hood at times when it's the right conditions for it. So still still waiting on that. We definitely had to work a bit in the river, but once we got out to the ocean, it was it was super easy.
1: Yeah. Were you guys doing it outside the jetty, like pretty far offshore? When no, like right outside the boat ramp. The, in, was, yeah, yeah, what, you, yeah, but you didn't go like out into the ocean? We we no, did we, we, I was hoping, I was go? like oh. you guys went in front of your house. Yeah.
0: No, I just at the Mayport ramp we, we dropped the ski yeah. and I was I was hoping I was like hopefully we'll be satisfied with just the inside the river downwind uh-huh. so that I don't have to just get beat up on the jet ski going all the way out the inlet and all the way back in. But then we kinda just like made our way there and we were like, We still have some sunlight, let's just send it and I'm really glad we did. Did Brian tell
1: you the name that he named that spot right there in the river? It's something like um, uh, fish carcass. It's like something like, gnarly because there's always like a bunch of dead fish floating around from them cleaning them right there. At the Dude, yeah, right? It's, That's it's where not, all the people come up right.
0: fishing and they just dice them up right there and throw, throw in the carcasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we saw a lot of dolphin out there. Haven't, haven't hit a shark uh, lately, but... I, I, I hit one know. at Huguenot one time. I like hit one. Full on. Going so fast, I swear I like chopped it in half. Oh, I've hit plenty, but just like recently I've been kind of on the (laughs) good streak. I feel like the jellyfish are going to start coming in here soon. There were some jellies a month
1: ago? There's like a a bunch of them a bit ago. Did I tell you about the shark I saw on my last like legit downwind run? You said you saw something huge, didn't you? Biggest thing I've seen in the ocean, I don't know what it was. I was like pretty far off, like two and a half piers out. Hmm. So pretty far offshore, a few hundred meters in front of the pier. You do go really far out. It's yeah. so much better out there. Adrian was out running. He was like, dude, I saw Eric like way out there. Oh, I went past him. I was really close right there. Oh yeah, That I wasn't mean, even a downwind line. That it, was a runner It is sick line. when I'm
0: out winging and then I'm just like, see like a little dot from like <laughs> super
1: far up when you come up with your paddle, just like
0: after some sick runs.
1: Um, <laughs> but I'm just kind of just chilling. I was like listening to music, like having the best time. And then all of a sudden, this boil, like, almost the whole size of the kitchen right there. Water was, like, it was loud. In front of you? or like It was, like, right to the side. I'm glad it wasn't in front of me. Yeah. But um, the next, like, 30 seconds, I was like, don't turn on me.
0: Don't turn um, on me. My buddy Chad went super viral with that one Mm -hmm. clip in his, his, uh, he had his kite line mount. And then the shark, like, turned and then started Mm -hmm. just chasing after him
2: it's crazy the amount of sea life you see when you're foiling especially awesome. downwinding probably that part of it it's you don't probably see nearly as much up here in jack's because the water is brown so you can only see like six <laughs> inches or a foot in front of you yeah. but like in south florida at home it's like you see sharks like way more often than you would have expected like or at least more than i expected just being a surfer my whole life <laughs> so yeah it's it's crazy what foiling shows you when you're covering distance at a couple feet above the surface you can see a lot more.
0: Yeah, I feel like you're more comfortable with big sharks since you've like been diving with them like this yeah. freaking massive bull shark photo that you got. Deadpool. Literally yeah. this is just like insane. Like I don't know if I'd be comfortable Where like seeing a bull shark that big like while swimming in the water.
2: That's in Jupiter Beach, that's Florida. Jupiter.
0: Yeah, that's pretty close to
2: my house. That's like a like a world record bull shark. That's like one of the biggest ones they've ever seen. That's pretty popular in that area. You yeah, cruises around there. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I know it definitely will help me get me out of my comfort zone for sure. Like doing stuff like that with him, like always trying to get me to do new stuff like spear fishing or just like swimming with sharks, like stuff that I usually wouldn't do. Yeah. yeah. Or like even like getting beat up on the jet ski when I was not <laughs> like feeling it at
2: all, but it ended up being worth it. So, yeah, we definitely push each other out of our comfort zones. And Austin got me into wind sports in general and showed me the way of the wind so I'm very thankful for that and he's an absolute wind lord so he picked up on it best. so
0: quick like when we were out in uh, cabo like i got him in on the kite and he was of course like once he learned the kite just jamming on the board right away and these people came down he's like can you teach me to kite like today or tomorrow like please i'm like you don't get it this guy's a pro athlete like a world-class wakeboarder wake surfer everything like he's just got it like I just didn't feel like teaching someone who was going to struggle. <laughs> but, yeah, and then he just, like, got, like, a back move on the kite right away, you know. Well, just, like, the wakeboarding goes so hand-in-hand hand with, the, with the kiting. And then the way of riding with the kite, too, like, that clicked instantly for him. So it's just really fun to do some, like, downwinders with the kite. And, yeah, pumped to get some more wing sessions, too, for them.
1: Let's talk about your Hawaii trips. Because yeah. I've watched you progress over the last two seasons, it seems like, you know, like, I know you're hanging out with zane who's a legend mm-hmm. um and you know f- flirting with now starting to really dive into big wave surfing yeah um talk about the energy over there and what you're learning the guys that you're spending time with
2: yeah i mean spending time in hawaii is just super humbling i mean it's the highest concentration of the best surfers and foilers in the world and just I think being in the water with those guys and just seeing the level that everybody's out there really elevates me and makes me like want to do better and internally feel like I have to do better to keep up with like the the energy and the level out there. So um, I feel like I'm, all of us are just a product of our environment. So I've been trying to just put myself in that environment and do the best that I can. And it's been amazing just getting to be a part of it and try and work my way into the scene there. and just uh showed some respect to all the legends out there and it's just amazing i don't know i don't know what else to say the surfing it. just game like, has gone level. just like way up just right. to see
0: him hanging at pipe like packing pits at pipe mm-hmm. like and his air games just like gotten so so good now like just to see like just that trip even like just from our toe out session yesterday it was just stomping all his airs like all his revos straight airs just like he definitely has taken his surfing to another level and it's sick to see him out hanging in pipe with with that like crazy lineup and stuff and like he says he wants me to get out there and i'm like dude i don't know if i can hang honestly
1: <laughs> talk about what you thought big wave surfing was going to be like and now having you know spent a lot of time doing it what it is like yeah. were, were there any misconceptions that you had going in um
2: not really i mean i never had that big of an interest like in big wave surfing until i like started doing it like i remember being really young like probably three or four years old and being at my um, my dad's best friend's house i call my uncle and he's a, a waterman and super into all the wind sports and all that and he would always play like surf videos for me and like show me videos of jaws and stuff and i always remember like like seeing that and just like thinking like how unattainable that is for most people and like how I probably would never do that, but how cool it would be to just, like, see a photo of myself doing that. And that's kind of always what I envisioned is, like, man, one day, like, I would love to just, like, get a photo on a big wave like that. Like, that'd be so sick, you know, just, like, show my kids and, like, inspire them. So that memory is, like, kind of what inspired me to want to surf Jaws for the first time. And, like, that that day when I went out there with Zane... Um, I remember thinking to myself the same thing. Like, I just want to get one wave, like get a video of it and like call it a day and like play it safe. And like, as soon as I got out there, everything changed for me. So like, I'd say that day was really like a, a big changing point in the way that I thought of big waves. In what way? Talk through that a little bit. Um, like I just got one wave and like immediately my like thought process of like, I'm just going to get one wave like faded immediately. And it turned into like, this is what we're doing. Like, I'm going to keep surfing until I can't surf anymore basically so I think I got eight waves total and I was playing it pretty safe because I didn't have like a fresh safety setup I was running like a super old inflation vest and like it was my first time I didn't have like a wetsuit to go over it which is risky because if you have to inflate then it can go above your arms and like hogtie you basically is what Zane was telling me would be like the worst case scenario so like he was just kind of running me through all like the safety and like the things that could happen before we went out and I was like already tripping out. It was just me and him, like super windy day and like his whole crew had bailed. So he called me up. He's like, hey, if like you still want to go, let's do it. And I'm like sitting there at Ho-Kipa looking at it and it's just like victory at sea, like 20 foot and just super windy and gnarly. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I getting myself into? And um I had a filmer with me and he just looks at me, he's like, dude, you're going, like you're committed. And I was like, all right, let's go. So I just drove to the boat ramp and It was the most nerve-wracking day in my life. I think I lost like 10 pounds that day. Like I weighed myself in the morning and I like couldn't eat anything before I went. I was super scared. And like, of course being out there, you're just burning so much energy and calories. Like my brain was going crazy, like thinking about everything and like the physicality of riding the waves and driving the jet ski all day. It was like super gnarly. And I swear, I think I lost almost 10 pounds that day. Like I weighed myself when I got home and I was like, holy crap. Like that was the gnarliest day of my life. (laughs) I um, think it's
0: so sick that Zane let you tow him in, just like you coming from Florida just being yeah. a Florida boy, like, yeah, come out and tow me into Jaws when it's just like Yeah,
2: right? Zane's an absolute animal that, that, that was crazy to me too like, we had never even met, we just like talked on Instagram before, and he was super gracious and, and kind, and he came over the day before, and we kind of went through the game plan and talked about it and then we just sent it out there and I, I was thinking the same thing like, before he hopped in the water, I was like, dude, like like I'm like your your lifeline here. Like, do you want to like tell me like anything specific about like how you want me to rescue you, or like, like do you like do you want to like teach me anything before I like just am in in like basically like watching your life? He's like, oh dude, like it's all good. Like, just whenever you think it's safe, just come grab me. And I was like, dude, this guy is crazy. So, mad props to Zane. That dude did not need me out there at all. He could swim. He could friggin' body surf jaws alone at night probably, and he'd be fine. So, that dude's a legend.
0: There, bro, here, brother. nice to meet you, man. See you on the yeah. But, um, yeah, Noah's definitely my uh go to tow partner. I mean, the fact that he's towed Jaws, I mean, I would pick him over like anyone. And I mean, he's gotten me out in South Florida in some crazy conditions <laughs> like some crazy stuff around like just literally like a nor'easter when it's like 10 foot faces, right? Like, and um, he just wanted to go, like toe in surfing and go toe foiling and I'm just not feeling comfortable like I'm saying like I'm like dude let's go in like I'm not trying to roll this ski and he's like dude I could you can do this like I believe in you <laughs> you just gotta blast through the white water put your head down pin it as hard as you can tuck under because there's an air pocket and then I started doing that so I just like tuck underneath the ski and just pin it straight into the white water and once I like figured that out I can blast through anything but yeah. you you're really gonna blast through like
2: way better barrel. Walls of whitewater than you'd think if, if you approach it the right way. Because well, you've seen seen the guys training
0: me. out there, right, and that really helped. Yeah, the,
2: yeah. I watched like the year guards. the year before. I watched the the North Shore lifeguards, the legends, the most. Those guys have the toughest job in the world. So tons of respect to those dudes, all of them. Uh, shout out Luke Shepherdson for winning the Eddie this year. Sick was that? North Shore lifeguard, so sick to see. Um, but yeah, I, I would watch them. They would do like lifeguard training sessions. I don't know how often they do it but I caught them doing it a couple times like right next to pipe and they would just like drop off a couple lifeguards like in the gnarliest possible closing out zone when it's like absolutely macking and like no one's even surfing because it's like so gnarly and then they would just practice rescuing them and punching through the shore break and like the gnarliest jet ski driving I've ever seen so after seeing that I was like wow like like that's possible you know like you can really handle a ton if you have the right technique on the jet ski so just watching those guys for like an hour i learned so much um but yeah basically like if you're coming into a big wall of white water you want to just kind of go around like 10 miles an hour maybe even slower like up to it and then right before you hit it you just gas it and duck your head beneath because the the water will rip you off off.
0: the water will just if you don't duck under then your grip will just be taken off of the ski because that water will just push you back. As soon as you take water under your
2: front, like a big wave, a lot of water, it's just going to rip you off the ski. So as long as you keep your hands on the handlebars and duck your head beneath the handlebars, then the water will just right over your head and just kind of waterfall down on you and you can make it through a lot. And if you did a lot of that, that
0: day in South Florida, yeah. Those jet
2: skis are so heavy. Like if you have momentum going into it and
0: you're going straight on into it, then Mm -hmm. like you're probably going to make it through it. Or over It's gnarly like out there like it was just a wash machine like just a total wash machine just like these waves weren't coming in sets They were just like double overhead waves just consistent. You yeah. know what I mean? There's that guys was... kiting on like seven meter kites <laughs> around me I'm like, what am I doing? Like why am I <laughs> on a ski right now? Like I just want to be able to pop over these waves on my on my north reach and just float over all this but instead, I'm on a jet ski, just like fighting for my life out here, like trying not to roll this thing. And then Noah, like like the bro he is, pulls out his phone, gets this clip of me on like a double overhead high wave um, on the foil, just screaming, holding my line. Like probably one of my biggest waves on foil. Like I thought it was one of those where like I thought I was gonna blow out and just slam, but then ended up like keeping the foil down and rode it out and like just this flowy run. And then somehow, phone flew out of the ski so we never got to see that clip and then after yeah. the session he like went to go get a new phone and I, I went to go get a new one too because mine was all messed up <laughs> and then the lady there she was like the clip might still be on there like it usually <laughs> only takes like 30 minutes but no it was never to be found but yeah that was a bummer it to the but, game
2: um, yeah we charged that one to the game is i always say this is well worth it you know when to get a sick session like that at home is like unbeatable i will yeah. give 10 phones for a session like that
0: <laughs> yeah it's pretty great like when i go down there we have a great time like if there's wind or waves you know we're, we're kiting or winging or foiling or downwinding or yeah but if there's not i mean we'll just ride his sick boat and it's always fun to to ride that boat yeah. um the paragon is just crazy and then when he's up here like we we always find something fun to do usually like not the boat when he's up here because he usually just wants to like have fun doing something in the ocean
2: yeah i spend so much of my summer months behind the boat and shout out nautique for my amazing paragon um i have an absolute blast on it and the boat is really the ultimate training ground for the ocean i say because you can just learn all the tricks and
0: then it's bring the it, bring reps the you waves. can get in yeah it's definitely definitely made like my air game just so much better than it would be and just being able to learn those spins behind the boat and then take them to the ocean it's just like there's no better way to just get reps in so that's definitely like a big part of like how we've pushed the sport is just that boat time no doubt absolutely
2: yeah I don't think any of the tricks that we're doing would have been achieved nearly as quickly or efficiently as if we didn't have the boat you know
0: Right. Yeah, and like I, and then,
2: I always think it's crazy that people learn how to foil by proning in the ocean. Like I'm so impressed by people that just I am too <clears throat> go learn and prone because the hardest part about foiling is like learning to ride the foil. And when mm-hmm. you're paddling into waves, it's like your time up on the foil is so limited when you don't know how to do it yet. Yep. So if you don't have someone someone pulling you on something, then like you're just relying on paddling into wave. It's like it makes it like the process of learning so much harder. So. Anyone who's learned how to foil by proning is, like, an absolute legend to me,
0: so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because then you're, like, spending a lot of time just getting to your feet and then instantly toppling over. Like, my friend Adrian, he was just, like, committed to learning proning and just so many sessions of just getting to his feet slamming, getting to his feet slamming, like, getting no flight time. But he stayed with it, and then just getting longer flights every day, just here and there, a little bit longer, and now he's linking multiple waves and banging foam, so. Hang in there and keep doing it. If you can learn behind a jet ski first on a big board and a big wing, I would do that. That's what I did. And then take that once you figure it out, just riding with a rope behind the jet ski, get some time on the boat, any boat is good. Second roller, you can really like just learn how to keep the foil down when you're kind of coming down from that roller. And then yeah, and then the front wake on like a wake boat. And then you're pretty much dialed for the ocean.
1: Yeah, I love your boat. Like, just being able to dial gear the couple times that we went out there, like during the testing process for the foil Mm -hmm. we were working on, it's like super helpful. Like figuring out, and now that we have a ski, I mean, I don't know how I didn't have a ski. Yeah. I mean, we're on it three times a week right now at least. Yeah, you've been
0: getting a lot of sessions. The
1: reps, like it's been able. I've been able to tweak so many between downwind, the ski, and winging. I'm spending like 10 times as much time on foil as I did last year. Yeah. And so now just all these like little subtle things with your feet and like all like the little nuance is just mm-hmm. so much easier to, to understand.
0: Yeah, that second roller on the Nautique, it's sick the way you can like crank those roundhouses. Like you're almost going the opposite way of the boat for a moment and then you crank it back yeah. around. Like, Super and then fun. we were talking about how just tow foiling is just like the ultimate because you're never like safety surfing. Like you can just go out there and just go for everything mm-hmm. and just get picked right back up and just like, yeah, I just go for it a lot more when I'm towing.
1: I think the next time we have, so the day that we did the runners that you guys ended up towing, um, I think we need to start taking skis out of those days when it's south, southwest. Mm-hmm. I would love to get a yeah. couple of skis out because I mean, so I, I did that like six mile run to your house. But I'm not like I'm just kind of coasting a lot of it. I'm not like but there's a lot of good sections. Mm-hmm. You, know, you could fully just be ripping and you know, get like a three or four minute run, switch it up while one guy recovers, do the run again, throw it back.
0: It's great. Just the upwind charge is kinda of sucks. On, yeah, it kinda of oh. sucks. But when it's, it's south
1: southwest it's clean. It's yeah, when like you're shopping.
0: close, yeah, when you're close to the sand, it's clean. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm looking forward to doing some more like easy downwind runs. Uh, Mike Pedigal I'm, I'm coming to take your Florida record um, Mike's, Mike's got the like 12 miler I think and like I did a 10 miler um, and I was like working for it but I, I know I could definitely I mean one day we all the boys need to go and just all do it together let's go like 30
1: miles we need to we just need the right day. it's so
0: easy that it's literally like you're just fully catching your breath on, on foil and you're just kind of like just flowing with the seams and just mm-hmm. connecting the dots of the ocean and just kind of standing there with a skinny stance. So that's the bomb. <laughs> that's just pure pure bliss. Feet are together. Feet are together. <laughs> yeah, when the feet are together and then, then you know you're you're right there in the zone just
1: flowing. Yeah. I think it's also in, indicative. Indicative? Indicative? What the fuck? Mine just freaked out <laughs> at me. Um... I, indicative there we go i think it's also indicative of having your gear dialed beautifully right like if your gear's not dialed you need that wider stance to be able to kind of manage all the pitch and everything right. mm-hmm. but once you get something really dialed or foils that don't have a lot of pitch then you can like tighten everything up and right i ended up like sometimes right now i'm like almost as offset as i am like my feet apart you
0: know i was watching that on mr bennett's clips too his feet are definitely offset like Mm -hmm. in like the most recent clips and just like yeah just just the way that you guys like crank the foil i'm kind of just like starting to more think more just flowy carvey stuff when it used to be all just like airs 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 so now i'm trying to really like incorporate some flow and like more carvey turns
1: we i've seen that i've seen your foiling evolve in the last few months like you're doing a lot of really good turns now a lot of like really tight rail turns you're staying a lot higher
0: thanks to you i mean just like seeing you and the way you like do your connection turns and the way you like line up the foil with like that pre-angle like before you crank the turn just thinking more like that more so it's been really helpful to see like you foil because that's definitely made me change the way that i'm like doing turns you and mike too like yeah mike Rose. which is great to have Thanks. this jack's crew because it's just helping like all of us push the sport together just like it has with me and noah like
1: yeah that's one thing that i think is so cool you know with brian and you and mike like it, it's really fun to try to like stay in the battle here as much as you possibly can um, and everybody seems to have like their own little avenues but everybody kind of comes back together and competes a little bit Um, let's talk about downwinding a little bit you started dabbling that Noah when you were in Hawaii I was laughing when I watched the video that Alex Hayes did yeah. because everyone's like going out to downwind, and he's on like a Viper 150. Yeah, and he was run on the. the MA 800. Yeah, I don't That's what I'm saying. That. He
0: never can pick the right wing. I'm just like, go with cool. the high aspect, bro. He hates the high aspect. The one day that we did that runner together, us three, he was like, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, the runner that all that me, you, and Austin did together was the first runner I ever did in my life, and I think I was riding a high aspect and. I was giving Austin a hard time about it. I think we had a
0: 925. I, he made me ride the uh, 1125, yeah, right, which I yeah. love. I, I love all the high I was rides. like, dude,
2: I don't know if I could ride a wing that big. Like, there's no <laughs> way I can ride an 1125. Like, give me the 925. His
0: downwinding's come a, come a long way since then. Those yeah. uh, North Shore runs look so fun.
2: Yeah, I've definitely been getting into it a lot more. And I think it's super cool just being out in the ocean. And um, What's your longest run right now? Um, like two miles, like nothing okay. crazy, but for me, that's like a big deal. I don't yeah. have like crazy stamina. Like some of these guys that are just like super into running, like you, you and Toby Dude, both.
1: My, no, I think it's, it becomes about efficiency. Yeah. kind yeah, Of sucks too. Right. You but learn I think all it's like the places where you can like right. shave.
0: Yeah. Time. He's really learning how to read the bumps better too. Like I could right. tell that when we were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd say that's the, the main
2: thing. thing. And like, once you start learning to read the bumps better, I think it forces your stamina to go up because like you like know that you can keep going and just being up on foil for longer, like inevitably you're burning more energy. So yeah, I, I've definitely noticed like being able to go longer and that's like a super cool feeling. And I've, I've been getting into more like fishing and just spending a lot more time in the open ocean mm-hmm. the last couple of years. So downwinding kind of just goes hand in hand with that. And like just being comfortable being out in the middle of the ocean,
1: like all alone is like,
0: it's real. a vibe out there. It's, dude. it's a vibe, dude. Yeah.
1: There's something about it. I love it. It took me a long time to get comfortable just being offshore by myself because no one ever goes with me. Right. I mean, now you got a board, Austin. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe. I'm I'm ready.
0: I'm ready to do the true downwinding stuff for sure. Yeah. It's gonna Um, be really fun. I was I was stoked to get my first couple pop ups on the downwind board, just like popping up just on a non breaking mm -hmm. swell, and it feels so good to pop up. Yep. Like I got like three of them so far, so I need to keep it going. Each time I go out, I get more. So this afternoon, maybe. Let's run it. <laughs> I'm due. I'm probably just going to be wobbling all, all over the board at first. I'm still, like, getting my sup legs back. <laughs> my sup balance.
1: It's an interesting one. You've never really supped before, right?
0: Way back in the day, a little bit. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Out in, out in uh, Cabo, there's this fun uh, Like, well, now I would never sup it because the foil is just, like, the perfect foil wave. But before foil, it was just, like, super mushy wave that, like, my dad loved to sup so it was too it wasn't powerful enough for a shortboard. so i would sup that like way way back in the day and, and ride the longboard too but now that's just like the sickest foil wave d spot <laughs> um, it, it is d spot
1: so, <laughs> so talk about what the balance on a sup foil board is like i mean to we get asked that question narrow. all the time it's hard for me to explain it because like i spent so much time in sup but then i watch other people learning the and, thing is narrow and yeah it's,
0: it's just like i feel like you have to keep an even pressure between your two feet because i feel like like when i keep them both leveled it's good but then sometimes i'll just be like going back and forth between my two feet like that and also
1: stance when you're paddling.
0: um so i like stay with my feet together but then i'll hop to surf stance and then like kind of spin around and just i always paddle on the right side of the board is that what you
1: do so what i would recommend is adopt a stance where your front foot is about eight inches in front of your back foot your front foot is pointed pretty close, like forward, but a little bit on the left side, you're regular. So a little bit on the left side of the rail. And then your back foot is at like a 45, 60 degree angle. So then you have a lot of, you have front and back control and you have side to side control. And that'll be a lot better. And then as you're paddling in, your front foot doesn't need to move. You don't have to do that hop you can just move your back foot back just a little bit as you're paddling it. It'd be a lot more efficient. Mm. And you'll get more power and drive like in your stroke. When you're like for a big race board, having your feet parallel is pretty good. But if you're on a smaller board, having your feet like staggered front back will give you a lot more power in your stroke. Just make sure your that's hips, a good tip. your front foot needs to point forward so that your hips can point forward. And that's where that stroke will come from. Mm. So don't like turn your hips sideways in the surf Yes. Yeah.
0: That'll, that'll be good for me to try, for sure. I just need some more time on on the sub, definitely. I've, I've been taking it out on, like, glassy days where it's just not breaking, mm-hmm. so it'll be a good challenge to take it out on, like, an actual choppy day. Make me feel feel like a total kook on foil again, which is always good. Um,
1: let's talk about learning new sports with your backgrounds, and that's something I've talked to. Chris Rasman, Kailani, Zane, um, a lot of Kiahi. I find it so incredible that the learning process when you're going into these symbiotic sports is and the creativity that happens in those sports it just seems to really be accelerated it seems like you can draw you know the knowledge uh, and experience from one discipline into another and so you've just recently i guess learned to kite and maybe you can talk through kind of a little bit of like you know what you're pulling from wakeboard what you're pulling from um you know surfing yeah just kind of like how your mind works and is is that like some sort of of cognitive conscious process or is it just kind of just happens it's just you're just an innate incredibly good athlete and it just happens how much thought do you put into that
2: yeah i don't it's definitely subconscious like it's more of a, a physical thing i think that it's like um muscle uh it's it called
1: muscle memory?
0: Yeah, it's like muscle memory. It's like memory. a flow state thing, uh-huh. too. Yeah, uh-huh. but you can but def- both of
2: those things for sure. But I always tell people, like, any time on a board on the water is going to help any other board sport or any mm-hmm. other board on the water. So it's definitely just time out there, and a, a huge aspect of it is, like, knowing how to read the water, even if it's, like, just a lake, like, knowing what's going on on the surface of the water mm-hmm. has a lot to play into how whatever you're riding is how it's going to ride. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think like i said any any time on a board on the water is going to help you in any other sport you want to learn so like for me learning how to kite was like super difficult actually cuz i didn't know anything
1: about the wind how long did it take you to learn to kite
0: you would get frustrated dude it's like when you're teaching someone to kite it just like brings out the 12 year old in <laughs> yeah. sometimes if it's not going I hated out, it first. like you would just be like screw kiting like kiting sucks <laughs> at the end of the session yeah. And then now he just like loves it. So. I, yeah, I also didn't learn in like good conditions for
2: learning. Like he would throw me out in his backyard where when it would be like chest high wind chop
0: and, <laughs> and like, waves trying to take him out. And I'll just like and literally have never flown a kite. His kite, kite would just get smashed and then
2: so it, it took a while. But like the riding the board was like it's like easier than walking for me. So that wasn't like any part of it. It was just I learning. Yeah, right there. it was just learning how to fly the kite. Like I had no idea about the wind at all. I didn't understand where to have the kite in the air, like how to
0: breathe and relaunch. Yeah, I didn't get that at all. So. And I definitely risked a couple of my sessions just like watching over yeah. him, you know. Because when you're teaching a buddy to kite, it's like when you're doing a k- downwind or something, it's like mm-hmm. you you can't just leave them. You so, know, like there's a lot of times that, that <laughs> <I don't>, we've always... <laughs> never been on and everybody gets left. <laughs> <laughing>. Right.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah no, but, Austin Austin was a great friend to me teaching me how to kite there's definitely some moments where I was frustrated and he would just ride by me laughing but, <laughs> yeah. but for the most part he would help me out and I definitely would not be kiting without him uh, so it was mad, just mad props to Austin yeah for just, cooking me up with He's that. just
0: so it's not weird. used to ever being bad at something that's his <laughs> thing like he's just so not used to ever being bad at anything because like anything that he did, does he just like excels at to its highest form so like the kiting was definitely a new thing for him to like not learn right away because it's so new like with the kite but um I mean, foiling was actually like that for me too it was it's funny like, but yeah i remember like you saw one of my foil clips like way back in the day and we're just like dang dude like i don't know how you're doing that like i got smoked trying it the other day or something <laughs> and it was like coming yeah, from him.
2: yeah the, the first time i ever rode a foil i was up uh in lake geneva doing some coaching some like wake surf coaching with some clients of mine super cool guys and they had a um an air chair that they like had in, in their garage or something that had been there for like 20 years or whatever and uh that was right when like the first couple of videos were emerging on instagram of like people riding foils like standing on it and i was like wow i think this was like four or five years ago by now and i was like wow like this is super sick like it looks like so much fun to just fly above the water and like i feel like with all my experience on boards like I'll, i could pick this up like no problem like right i got that so we went into these dudes garage and like took the chair off of the air chair and i was trying to like stand on it and ride it, it was one of those like super heavy titanium foils oh, that are like not meant for standing on like i wonder if i can ride it now but like back then it felt like it was almost impossible to ride um and i got up on it a couple times and like kept like getting taco and like falling into the mast and it was like a meter mast too yeah it was, yeah, tall, it was right? huge yeah and like I should hit those guys up and see if they have a photo of that thing or like maybe if I go see them again this year I should try and ride it again. But it was like super defeating and I was like, wow, this is not easy, like this this kind of sucks, like I'm gonna hurt myself doing this, like I'm over it. And then like kept seeing more and more people foiling and I was like, All right, like I have to conquer it. And then I got hooked up with a foil. When was this? Um, I think this is like four years ago by now. Okay. I'd have to look so back when I think we started. Right. It's kind of like right when all the first videos were coming out on Instagram. I think uh-huh. that was around 4 years ago. Um so yeah, once I like once I got on all the Armstrong gear, I got I got in on with Armstrong pretty early on and they sent me like their whole lineup. And it's funny because I had pretty much every wing, every mast, everything that they made at the time and I set up, I think it was the HS1550. <laughs> And I just rode that for over a year. Didn't change a single component. I was just like, yeah, this Me is too. my flow. Me yeah, too. I was like, this is my flow. I'm like, I, I know how to ride it now. I was so proud of myself. I was like, this is amazing. Like, foiling so sick once I got it down. And like, that's how I started learning like the first airs and like all that stuff came on the 1550, so. And then, like, eventually just, I was yeah, like, we
0: were doing it on the huge yeah. wings. Like, Army reached out and was like, try the 1050 <laughs> if you're doing airs. Like, yeah. he had to, like, let me know. But the 1550 was just, like, so good. I was like, this is the best one. Well, yeah, was, like,
2: we're just yeah. doing airs it, freaks forever. But yeah, I, eventually I was like, "Oh, huh, like, I wonder what all these other components do. Like, what does this wing do? Like, why do they even make these, you know? And it was, like, such a foreign concept to us at the time. And, like, once we started figuring it out, and, like, I remember for me, like, once I started realizing, like, what the other wings and fuses and masks can do I was like crazy about it I would like change it every session I was like wow like what have I been doing like I need to try all these different components and like see what I can do on it and like I'm really proud of the knowledge that I have now like of all the components and like now if I'm trying a new trick like I know exactly what to change if I'm not landing it to like help me have a better chance of riding out of like a certain trick. To talk about that I want to understand that. So like For airs like say on a wake surf wave if you have a smaller wing it's a lot easier to break into the water which makes your landing like more predictable and smooth so like my go-to wing is a cf-1200 and that's what i ride for standard like on the boat it's my favorite because you you can still pump pretty good to the back wave and it's small enough still to be able to air it but if i'm trying to learn a new trick i'll put the cf-950 on because it's easier to land in the water and you might not have as much Um, like pumpability if you want to like go to the back wave or you don't have as much range on it but for specifically landing a new trick I found it's a lot easier Um, as far as fuses go I'm a freak for the the short fuses I love the the 50 fuse that's kind of my go-to and that's what I've pretty much ridden for in the ocean too in the ocean too the only time I'll I'll put a longer fuse on is if I'm downwinding Mm -hmm. Um, I found that the longer fuse gives you more glide and yeah. Pump, pump range and it, it lowers the frequency of your pumping.
0: Yeah, more stable too. More stable, less torque,
1: more high end. What's great? More yeah.
2: What's great about the short fuse is that when the front and the back wing are closer together, when you go to jump in the air, you get more upward. Oh, that angled. makes sense. You get more angle leaving the water. So, mm-hmm. like, say you want to do a flip, it's like you have that much, you're that many more degrees like towards the flip when you take off, or even if you're just doing an air, like. You don't have to push as hard, like you can just kind of like lean back a little bit and you just boost because the angle of attack is so much greater.
1: That's interesting. Do you also shim on when you're like weight um, riding and you want to like, you're not, are you riding a pretty flat tail or do you want to add angle of attack? so that you get more pop from it naturally
2: that's the one thing that i haven't really played around too much with is the shimmy of the tail
1: i've tried it's it a couple so times good like, with no shim that yeah, the, just...
2: the armstrongs go so good just standard with no shim It's so simple just to pop the tail yeah. right on I, i've tried it a couple times with a shim and didn't really like what it did so i kind of just run it standard and that's been great for me but that that is one thing that um i want to test out more i was actually talking to alex hayes about that he was out in hawaii with me and he's an absolute foil lord and He's so did, did How poorly. good is he on foil? He's really good. He's he's got a sick um, like turn on him. He he mm-hmm. kind of has been watching a lot of Mr. Bennetts and some nice crank. He's got he's some got nice really crank. powerful cranks on him, and he's been <laughs> 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 he's been getting really good at airs too. So it's been so fun to hang out with him, and he's an absolute legend, and really pushes my level in like all the sports. He's just such a sender yeah. and great dude. So he's coming
1: on the show soon. we were sick. just talking about it. other day that would be great the
0: one other thing you were saying about um like all the different sports it's just just like what you were saying in your off-season edit like he's he's cooking up this really sick edit um just like big wave surfing and surfing and foiling on the north shore and he was just talking about how it's just good to get a break and just kind of like i just love just keeping it fresh and like taking a break from wake foiling to do some kite foiling and then winging or whatever because then when you come back to it it's just like so much better just yeah. taking a taking a break
1: do you yeah. find that you progress quicker in like dedicated spurts in a sport or when you're doing multiple sports like over a duration it's so, like in hawaii you were foiling yeah. you were surfing the whole thing now you're going to go just strictly wakeboard over the summer probably it sounds yeah. like well all, all boat stuff's so like wake surfing wakeboarding wake foiling just so all
2: okay yeah. all of the above. it's kind of like ocean activities in the winter and then Lake activities in the summer. Gotcha. To generalize it, yeah, not a bad gig you've got. Uh, yeah, no, it's amazing. <laughs> I'm super stoked. I was never able to really like spend that much time doing ocean activities and like going to Hawaii for the entire winter because I've been in school until the last like until three years ago basically. So I never had the time to just like do what I wanted to do. But since I've been out of college, it's like it's just been so much fun. I'm like nonstop, just kind of chasing whatever is best to do that time of year. Which has always been my dream. Yeah. Um, but yeah,
1: as far as like, what did you study in college? Uh, human communication. And, and was business. there ever a point where you were thinking like I should just you know go full time pro during college?
2: I already I was I've been pro wakeboarding since I was sixteen. So yeah. I was a professional athlete athlete throughout college, and um, it's
1: cool to do both.
2: Yeah, it was it was fun. I got to live with Austin because of it, and we had a great time. Got to do some. Get our partying our years out of us early in, in college. And, <laughs> it was epic. Uh, we had an amazing time like pushing each other along the way. And was like we were just going hard the entire time, you know. We had to go to school. And as soon as we came back, get on the lake and drive to the beach, just nonstop.
0: Yeah, we were always doing that drive from Orlando to like New Smyrna, mm-hmm. so that was that was wild. I couldn't imagine like not living so close to the beach now, but um, it just made sense to have the boat right there on the lake, and that was a total game changer. Cause I mean, you're flushing your boat out with fresh water every time you, you ride it, versus here you you gotta you know take a lot more care of it in the salt. So, do you have the
1: boat in the back of that? House right yeah. there just dropping in like yeah. yeah. so for a while had, we had we had both of our boats. We had the we same We had two boat. G's <laughs> out
0: back, yeah.
2: And the jet ski, so. so
0: yeah, he had his other lake house on Lake Mills, um where he would ride with Keenan and they had two sick boats there, and then eventually he moved in with me. Um and yeah, it was just really fun to, to foil with him and I definitely wouldn't be as good at, at foiling if it wasn't for, for him. So
1: And likewise.
0: And the wake skating too, it's it's uh, just doing whatever we can have the most fun doing.
1: So you mentioned, like, or I guess Austin mentioned how much trouble you had at the beginning of kiting and getting frustrated. Do you yeah. generally enjoy putting on the white belt, starting something new? Is that something you look forward to when you find something you want to dive into? Or is it something yeah. like, fuck, I have to get through this so I can get to the fun part?
2: Yeah, um, a little bit of both. And I'd say as I get older, I definitely am learning to like love what I call the suck. Mm -hmm. of like being in that like oh man like this sucks like even like riding Mm -hmm. on the jet ski out through the waves and just like like, embrace it just embracing it and like working the downwind is gonna be worth it yeah
0: (laughs) while you're just getting sprayed in the face with cold water just know that the downwind (laughs) runs (laughs) gonna
2: be worth it right and just like it's part of the journey and like just making your way through the suck is like what makes the rest of it so special and um spending time with alex hayes really helped instill that in me as well he's like more like that than anybody I've ever met just enjoying the suck and doing he uh he grew up with like a lifeguarding background like competitive lifeguarding mm-hmm. um so I think that's probably where he got that and just learning to deal with like gnarly situations I guess um and that really helps like especially with big wave surfing and like just everything that we do is kind of like big wave surf training mm-hmm. and just like getting your stamina up and learning to be comfortable with the uncomfortable is kind of the goal. Cold plunge is key. Cold plunge, yeah. Any, anything that makes you feel like this sucks, but it's then, probably good. But for then you. when it's over, yeah. <laughs> but
0: then when it's over, you just feel so good yeah, that yeah. you c- completed it. It's, it's all worth it. it.
1: What do you think changed to allow you to embrace yeah. that?
0: Um,
2: I don't know. Maybe just like age and maturing and realizing that the best <laughs> the best things come with struggle. Struggle.
1: I think as most people age, they tend to as you become more successful people try to stay away from that and and I agree with you guys I think it's where a lot of the fun is right you know? like the, the learning to downwind when Dave sent me aboard and like is just me paddling out and for literally for like I don't know 15 times I had no I was in the wrong spot I didn't know what waves to paddle for the whole thing and um but that was like a really cool experience. It's super fun.
0: Yeah, just learning something all, all new again. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where I'm at with the, with the downwind sup. So, it's just gonna be fun to just feel like a total kook again. Yeah. And just finally, like, learn it. But it's definitely gonna take some work and some time and some struggle. It's just like trying to balance on that thing, even. It's mm-hmm. just like kind of frustrating, but it's starting to get easier the more I do it. So,
1: there's something incredible when you get your first chip and run way offshore that's gonna be nice that feeling is just like oh what am i doing like it's so cool
0: i'm definitely ready for yeah it's definitely a lot safer with the downwind subs out here just a few of my like prone um distance runs when i'm actually like not doing a down and i'm actually like way out in the ocean there's been a couple times when i i like almost hit a stingray way out there Mm -hmm. and that just would have been like a super duper long paddle in so like that's really the main reason why i want to master this downwind sub thing
1: so i can just pop right back up the, the the cool thing about it is then you can play when you're offshore too right because like if i go out if i send it prone i'm like just don't fall right. like it's just about we're making just, the yeah. run and getting back to the beach the other day i was out on one and it was like southwest and then kind of went west and i was like pretty far offshore and dude it was so much work like you were talking about That's like when you're up you're you know you push your cardio a lot harder right. than you want to <laughs> like i was tapped out
0: getting in yeah that can be dangerous you're kind of just like getting pushed back like one time i was just practicing and there was some west wind and i was standing on the sub and it was just pushing me so far out and it was just Mm -hmm. so much work just to get in i was like
1: master um sitting on it and paddling you know like 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 a kayak less wind resistance less wind resistance and you're not burning any energy you can Mm -hmm. paddle forever like that it's kind of tough on your like um flexor Yeah. yeah a little bit
0: yeah, I've been trying to do some more stretching lately, for sure. Some some more yoga and just keeping my my hips stretched out and doing this found foundation training thing. Eric's coming up on Tuesday.
1: I'm gonna. Pull the, him the foil. Yeah, if you want to meet him and like what? learn from him, yeah. That's epic. I think it's Tuesday right now. Yeah, yeah
0: I've been doing that foundation training. It's great for yep. the back and man, it's a burner, dude. Just twelve minutes of just. Yeah. <laughs> it would get you sweating, but I feel so good after and feel like I have great posture after, and I'm really feeling it like stretch the inside of my hammies and my hips and everything. Yeah. I didn't know that you know him. That's rad.
1: Oh, yeah. He's like a good friend for a long time. You wow. still got to send me that video.
0: Yeah, I got you, bro. That's awesome.
1: You didn't even know. Like-
0: I-, I had no idea. Will, when we were out in Baja before a wing session, he was like, We got to do the foundation training. And then I was like, Dude, dang. This is like-, like, at first, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here, but then
1: I started to feel it. To burn, and then when I finished up, like I just felt great. Eric saved me, man. When I was 28, so we had my daughter when I was Kemper. When I was 26, my back was fucked. I have a spondylolisthesis, so I have like a slipped vertebrae in my lower back, and I'd like pick her up, and my toes would like go numb. Right, it was like really gnarly, and um I thought I was gonna have to have spinal fusion. Like I had two MRIs over a year, and like got a little bit worse, and I was like, this is gonna be unsustainable. Um and I decided to, like, just give it a little bit more time and see what happened. And in the process, like in that year, um, a good friend of mine, Karen Rinaldi, who is like a legend in her own right, did Al Gore's book, she's um, like an editor, a bunch of other really crazy books. And she introduced me to Eric, because she had done his book. So Eric came down to Costa Rica, and he helped me, like, completely change my physicality and my back feels better now at 43 than it did at 28. Never had to get spinal fusion. Knock on wood. Hopefully, you wow. know, keeps going. But um,
0: that's key. Yeah, we did a
1: bunch of uh, joint surf foundation training camps in Costa Rica together and stuff. It was that's really, rad. Really awesome. Yeah, wow. he's gonna record. I think when he's up here too.
0: Oh, that will be awesome. Yeah, I saw that that video. He put it out like ten years ago. It's got mm-hmm. like eight million views, and it's it's really good. Yeah. Oh, I was I was gonna <laughs> tell the story about the last uh, foil surf racing league. Um, so we we went down there and i'm really pumped for the next one next week um we're staying at that beachside hotel and suites where they have the uh the uh lazy river pump track it's <laughs> yep. like yeah yeah it's like pedigo actually gave us the idea last year he was like dude look at this lazy river it seems like Yo, just he's like the super
1: perfect salty about it i know <laughs> oh, he's super well, dude we, we, we tried to, calling him so we pissed. called him dude he was, <laughs>
2: like,
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> he was like sleeping at like he was like sleeping at like ten thirty. yeah we know, and then we, we, were, we like, called him bar and we we're like- Idea lesson learned: don't leak the idea. Don't leak the idea if it's something really cool. Don't leak it before you do it because we're just gonna do it. But we 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 called him, we called him, and then the next day I was like, Yo, Mike, and then showed him the clip, and he was like, Oh man, but yeah. Um, so the foil surf racing league, yeah, it was a blast. And we did the race. Noah got smoked in the race. Noah's, Noah's not a racer, but he was like, I got to win best trick. I got to win best trick. And then um, I, so before the comp, like he realizes that he didn't bring his straps. And then he's like, dude, I'm totally blowing this whole thing. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm blowing it. He calls uh, Jody to see if he could borrow her straps. She had already left. And he's like, I don't have straps for the comp, but he, I actually ended up bringing my kite gear, and right before the comp, he just like, sees my twin tip. This costed me the win. Like, I could have had the win if I didn't bring my kite gear. So he just sees my twin tip, he's like, oh, these screws might work. He just starts like, unscrewing my kiting twin tip. He puts my straps on, I'm in the lead with the, with the front side 360 that I landed, and then of course, like, because it wasn't big enough for me to hit my flip, Cause like, I do mine kind of more like a tantrum and Noah can do it probably his, like more of a real flip, I would assume. Yeah, said, and right? then Noah yeah. does his like cartwheel thing, <laughs> but he, Noah can do it on the second roller of the boat, like, which is really, really impressive. Like a non breaking just a roller. Um, so he was able to put that down with, with my straps and then Noah used my gear and then beat me. So, <laughs> so that's how that one
1: went. Put the purse.
0: No, I took it home. So that was a funny story, but yeah.
2: Yeah, that that that, uh, that race really humbled me. I thought I was gonna like go in there and be able to do great and like did so bad at the race and like realized how bad my stamina is compared to these guys who like strictly do this downwinding stuff. So I heard you might have laid down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'll, oh my god, I seriously thought I was gonna pass out. I was like, I'm gonna have a heart attack right here on the beach, dude. It was gnarly. But yeah, I like, it super, super strong win, so, like, the run down was pretty easy, but then, like, you couldn't pump back up course, so you had to go to the beach and run, and, like, running. always I, like I, I don't like that format. I don't like it either. I'm over... It. We, biathlon, we need to good. set
0: up our own little our own little contest, yeah. for sure. I, I really want to... got some plans to do our own comp.
2: Yeah, I really want to throw a comp down so in all South Florida, Florida of and have, like, a, three different categories and have, like, a best, like, winner out of all three. So that kinda, would be awesome. That's kind of my vision for it. Um, but yeah, going back to that contest... I got absolutely smoked in the race. I think I got like second to last place or something. And like <laughs> on my run back up, I literally was like chasing this one guy trying to get like third to last. And I was like, I'm going to do it. And like, just got like so winded and like seriously thought I was going to pass out. So I literally just laid down the beach. I was like, I'm going to lose this race no matter what. I'm just going to lay here. But I still ended up beating one dude, which was it's my like, goal drunk. going there. <laughs> no, I think I beat Gunter.
0: Oh, yeah, Gunther. And, and right. him and I have
2: been, like, competitive wakeboarders for a long time <laughs> together. So I was like, if I just beat Gunther in this race, then that's all I care about. On and, the like, foot race part? You no, just, just in general on the foil, like, during uh, the race. Yeah. So that was kind of my goal going there. But um, shout-out Gunther. He's a good friend of mine. and He's a super talented multi-sport He's ripping as well, on foil so. these
0: days. Yeah, it's great to see these wakeboarders getting in- into it. Yeah. It's great to see just, like, any any like rider just like any surfer wakeboarder getting into the sport now too it's really starting to grow so it's it's really good to see
2: like all the other pro athletes from different walks of life coming into the foiling community especially all the pro surfers are really
1: starting to catch on talk about that from your hawaii trip like does it seem Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of interest in foiling from the pro surf group
2: yeah for sure a lot of the guys who are on tour seem to think that it's cool and like are seem to almost be a little bit afraid of it and like those dudes are so like dialed into their schedule and like their diet and their training and regimen and all that stuff that I feel like a lot of them have like maybe tried foiling once or twice but like kind of steer away from it because they're so focused on what they're doing Mm -hmm. and like respect to those guys for doing what they're doing I mean I look up to all those guys and like starstruck to get to surf with them when I'm out on the north shore Um, but a lot of the guys who have like retired or aren't like so contest focused anymore are really getting into it and um, that's been super cool to see and just watching them bring their their style to the sport is really what's sick to watch. Who are you seeing um, lately? Eric Eiselman has been super into it.
0: He just uh, posted yeah. yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I've been talking to him a little bit, and can't wait to see him get people. on some better gear. I think mean, he's yeah. gonna rip like really hard then. We're but yeah, riding right now, Cloud Nine. And like I told him, yeah, I yeah. can't wait until he gets on some Armstrong stuff. And like James Jenkins to, was down there, and I was one. like, James <laughs> was uh, riding with him, James Jenkins, and he was. Uh, I was like, dude, did you get Eric G on the Armstrong foils yet? And he was like, dude, he just loves his Cloud9 stuff too much. <laughs> and I'm like, but um, yeah, he was really frothing on uh, the Moto Winch too. Like he, he saw some of the Moto Winch clips and he's going to take that thing to a whole nother level too. That was yeah. sick. So he's, he's going to link up with Joey and do some cool stuff, Moto Winch. So yeah, definitely want to foil with him. Would be really fun. Yeah. But you said you were doing some runs with uh, Zeke. um,
2: Oh, yeah, Zeke Lau. Zeke Lau. Uh, He's got some incredible stamina. He's really good at downwinding. I think he's from uh, Honolulu area where Mm -hmm. they do a lot of the downwind runs. um, Schmarriger. Got got to watch him do a downwinder, and super cool to see just, like, how aggressive and how much power he has. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd say my favorite ocean foiler is Matahi. Uh, that guy just Dude, is so I can't gnarly. believe
0: the I can't believe the stuff I see him doing. Yeah, he's, like, he's the gnarliest. He's blue foil in the chopu barrel. Like, mm-hmm. what? Yeah, like he's just so yeah. comfortable that he'll just like pop
2: a squat, mm-hmm. like just, and just get barreled on a foil. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, he's like the gnarliest guy. guy Super steeds. And like that's I'm who I like, that's why I really look up to. And I'm trying to like be more like on the foil, especially in the ocean. Um, also, like obviously Kyle Lenny mm-hmm. he has got the full package. You know, oh, he yeah. charges big waves on it. Oh, okay. and, Got all the got the flips and the spins and all that. So, um, shout out Kai, he rips. Um, a couple others spacing right now.
0: John John loves downwinding. Yeah, I, I got um,
2: to, I got to foil one time with John John. We we spent like an hour together just um, proning, pumping around, and hitting some waves. And he was tripping out that I was like doing airs and stuff. And I was like, dude, like have you ever done an air? Like I'm sure you'd be super good at it. He's like, nah, dude. Like I keep this thing in the water. Like I'm not trying to get hurt. <laughs> But yeah, John John obviously is one of the best athletes in the world. So
0: Matahi, cool. yeah, I saw him put on the straps and was doing some crazy sick like three sixty flip spins. So I want to see him put on straps at Chopu and just blast massive airs to the man. <laughs> <of> <laughs> That's
1: what I want to see him do. Fifty miles an hour. Yeah, that would be ridiculous. What about the guys that you were foiling and you were spending time with um, Jack? Right, Jack Ho. Yeah. Yeah. Jack as well. I did a, a couple downwinders with
2: him. One of the last days I was in Hawaii, we took out his jet ski and we went out super far and did like, uh, I think we went around like eight miles. We did the, um, like China walls to just pass diamond head run. Uh-huh. Taking thing. turns, or? Yeah. We we're just taking turns and just like, I, I really wanted to get to ride some like massive bumps. And there was like some like 10, 12 foot bumps out there. And it was just, like, so crazy and, like, totally different than I kind of expected. I thought it was going to be easier to, like, ride a bump that big. And I think I thought I was just going to be able to, like, cruise the whole time and, like, not have to pump at all and just be hauling ass. Um, but, like, the, the, those bumps are moving so fast, you can't just sit on one. You're, like, constantly having to move around to the other bumps, which is, like, not what I was really expecting from that. What foil were you on? Were um, you, I was on setup? the MA800. Oh, okay. I brought my Armstrong setup. Um, with my tiny little 3.8 Hyperlite Magic Carpet Board. It's my new pro model. And that thing's been going great for wake stuff as well as ocean stuff. And that's kind of what I designed it to be able to do is just do everything that I like to do on it, which is everything. so, so I We have a 4.4 a and a 3.8. So the 4.4 is good for proning and the 3.8 is good for towing.
0: Yeah, I feel like the <laughs> MA800 <800 laughs> in, in, in bumps that big, I guess, like it would actually be super sick.
1: Yeah, it was crazy. Because uh,
0: in that video, you could see, like, those those bumps were serious. That, yeah. that looked like a blast. And Jack is
2: just such a weapon, like, in the offshore just stuff. He's playing, right? Dude, yeah. He was riding my setup, which, like, he's never ridden, like, my board or even that wing. Or, like, he doesn't he does ride a short fuse. And, like, he just hopped on it right away. And it was, like, no problem. He was just, like, right at home. Awesome. He, he jumped down on my 3.8 and was riding on his stomach on the bump going like 30 miles an hour and I was tripping out <laughs> I was like, Dude, what like how did you just do that on such a tiny board it was like crazy to see he's like dragging his foot in the water and just like so comfortable out there um so that, that was that was really cool to watch and just get to learn from him and right before we went out he was like oh like do you need a rope and I was like what do you mean He's like, oh, like you want to just like do step offs. And like I never stepped off onto a foil like from the jet ski. And I was like, oh yeah, I mean, it should be shouldn't be a problem. Like if you don't want to bring a rope, whatever. And we got out there and like we're just going so fast trying to like get into the bumps because they're moving so fast and like didn't really have the technique down, like fell three times. I was like, dude, like I felt like such a coot. And then eventually I got it down and I think I, I have it in the bag now. But I was tripping out for a minute. I was like, there's no way we just sent it all the way out here and I'm not even gonna be able to get up on this thing. And he's just like jumping on it like it's nothing. But, yeah, that was okay. humbling.
1: <laughs> we gotta st- I got to learn that. I, we haven't tried to do any step-offs yet. Yeah. I haven't
0: either. I haven't either. I saw Eric Gilesman doing it. It looked yeah. really sick.
2: You just got to kind of get up to speed and put
1: a like 10 miles, miles an, hour.
2: an
0: hour, 12 miles an hour, yeah. something yeah. like that. Yeah, around there. I like when I do dock starts to get, like, plenty of run up. Mm-hmm. I like to get, like, a couple good steps in before I hop on.
1: I learned to do dock. I've never really actually done a real dock start. I learned to do it on, like, this platform I built when I had to, like, be up at this lake thing for a while and it was like you would go to jump and it would move backwards so you could basically just like basically like still starting it was terrible but you could do it wow. on a big old foil
0: yeah i like the 1550 for, for dock starts that's like mm. my my go-to it makes it super easy on that one i want to try it on the high aspect 1325 and see how that goes
1: what's the stall speed on that like the
0: 1325 it's definitely you can definitely cruise slow on can that you? thing on yeah and it, it'll stay up um, my one thing on that one 10 mile run I did it like wasn't prime conditions for it, and I was just like doing a lot more pumping than, than I expected and my uh, Achilles tendon got super sore because like when I pump I'm just like tapping it and mm-hmm. just lifting Almost. my heel off the board like that's just like my pump technique. your back leg: yeah, my, my back my back leg and my like Achilles tendon got super sore from from that, but there's some days where it just feels like there's just no pumping.
1: It's, um, On long runs now, I find that I go really offset with my back foot because of that. And, like, I kind of pump more from, like, my legs than I do because my calf is the first thing that usually dies. Mm. I have, like, three stances now that I kind of move between depending on, like, which muscles are are getting worked.
0: Mm. Yeah, I feel like some days when I'm just, like, cruising behind the boat if someone else is on the front wake, like, I like to foil switch a lot, and it just feels like... A That's whole crazy. new thing. It feels a whole new thing, yeah, like, and, um... Do you wing switch? You do, don't you? Yeah, I do. I yeah. love switching my feet on the wing and, uh, like, kite foiling, switching my feet and, um, just, like, riding bumps behind. It's just a crazy feeling to foil switch, like, winging, like, in the wing and riding a wave switch is just a really cool feeling. It's almost, like, a new thing for, for the brain. You just feel like a kook again, but you start to master it, like, the more that you do it. And I feel like it can be good for your all-around foiling.
1: I bet it could. I wonder if we'll ever have unidirectional, omnidirectional foils. So, like, and right now we have a front foil and a tail. I wonder if we'll ever have like neutral foil sections. Because you could be make so it sick. like two small ones.
0: Because then you could do like a roller revert or yeah. like a 180 or like a back roll blind and like right away. That's the one thing that like you're limited at. Like, you can't land blind on the mm-hmm. foil or you can't land faky.
2: you 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 can it just spins you around it spins you around right i I do yeah i do 180s all the time like most of the 360s that i do i'm really just in the air for a 180 and then landing it backwards and it just shoots you right around
1: yeah are you doing it the same way like you would a surfboard so like if you land backwards on a surfboard you kind of like will lean into the opposite side so you can keep your rail out You know, like you kind of like giving a little space or does it kind of roll flat on a foil? It's kind of hard to control. It's like you kind of
2: just have to know that it's going to keep spinning you in the direction that you originally were spinning. Like your momentum Mm -hmm. just kind of carries you through it. And like the second that the foil enters the water, like the mass just like rips you around to whatever direction you're spinning.
0: Yeah, So you kind
2: of just have to like be ready for it and know that that that's coming so you can keep your feet on it and
1: keep your upper body spinning with it. Have you ever had any bad injuries doing airs? Like gnarly tacos or knock no, on wood? Knock on wood. Been super,
2: super lucky. And like looking back, like trying that three shove was like probably one of the sketchier things I've done. And like the strapless backflip is pretty risky because you're upside down with the foil above your head and you're not strapped in. It's just like up to your hands to, to keep it not flying into your neck <laughs> oh. yeah. so um yeah i've been really lucky and like the three show was probably the most risky thing that i worked on and like it that one probably took me over 50 tries wow and like just thinking about this the foil spinning around 360 degrees beneath my feet and not getting hurt is like crazy to me to like think that i pulled it off
0: yeah i can't believe you but that. i
2: kind of started by like kicking it out in front of me, like, on my toe side edge, like, in front of my eyes, kind of, so I could, like, see where I was going, and then once I started to, like, get the rotation down, I kind of would, like, chase it with my feet, and, like, try and get my feet on it, and then eventually I, like, kept committing to, like, staying fully on top of it, and, like, having the rope in my hand was a huge help, because I could kind of lean back against it and, like, use it as, like, a safety tool almost. I think it'd be way riskier to do it without the rope, because when you land on the foil, it could, like, you could talk way easier, because you can't lean against it. You Mm -hmm. can just, like, fall over on your toes. That makes a lot of sense. So I was, like, kind of trying to land a little heel heavy so I wouldn't taco it, and I could do that with the rope. But next up, I kind of have a couple strapless tricks that I have in mind. And I'm starting to realize that a lot of the stuff that I do on the wake surfboard is possible on the foil. Like, just the other day, I, I did my first, like, one footer on it. A judo um, like a judo I like, yeah. like kick my front foot off and like grab the board and like that's a trick that I love doing on my wake surf board and I was just like oh like maybe this would work out and like I ended up just landing it first try and I was like blown away by it I was like oh that was easy like it made me realize and I can't realizing it's like all the yeah. wake
0: surfing that he does it just like goes hand in hand with foil for sure because he's done that like right body yeah. motion yeah. so many times on the wake surf same with the the flip 360 i mean he right. put the straps on the wake surfer first and did that first on the wake surfer so it's just like the same mm-hmm. maybe That's maybe i should memory. try it on the wake surfer first yeah you should
2: <laughs> um but yeah I, there's been so many times in my foil career that i think that i've done everything that i possibly could do and then i just like think of something that i've done on a wake surfboard and i'm like oh maybe i'll try that and like going into it, I'm like, this probably is not possible, but I'm going to just try and see how it feels. And like, that's been like the catalyst to so many tricks that I've learned. And like, once I just kind of get the feeling, I'm like, oh, like that's possible. Like I'm really far away from that right now, but it's possible. And like, that's what keeps me going and like, keeps me wanting to learn new stuff. And like the strapless is really, I think the new frontier, at least for me. And I want to see more people learning strapless tricks, and if anybody is listening to this and wants any advice on strapless tricks, please
1: reach out to me. I'd love to help push that direction of the sport. If you think about airs behind boats, the air chair still probably has the biggest airs behind boats ever. Right. Is that, is Dude, that when we it? When we rode so. out
0: in Lake Powell with those air chair legends on that Armstrong trip, just seeing them just double flips and like how high they go and like, it's crazy. One of them broke when they went to do the the boost. It was, like, this old air chair setup. It's, like, a lot of their stuff breaks when they go into getting that pop. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I would have thought that if the break happened, like, gear can break on the landing. But it's more, like, all that
1: pressure of when it's they spring up. it up. Yeah. yeah. With that logic, do you think that there's a point in time where, like, right now, I mean wakeboarding is a more established sport. Around a lot mm-hmm. longer. Like, the tricks, foil tricks right now are following great right. tricks do you think that's going to inverse at some point where because of how much more like the amplitude that you would be able to get if you were committed to sending on a foil like i yeah. haven't seen anybody really try to send a 30 foot air austin <laughs> austin's done when it. we were at
0: the armstrong shoot like i was sending the railies just like on a super long rope the boat was going like wakeboard speed yeah and i was on the mike murphy 800 and i was sending <laughs> these railies and then like a couple times like i would just extend my whole body Foil was way over my head, um, almost in like a scorpion, like an air scorpion. But then the board would fly off, and Mike, and I would just swim down. And then a couple times, just doing that big back roll, I would just shoot the board up so high. And Mike Murphy was like, dude, you got to wear a helmet if you're going to keep trying this. So, yeah, wise words from Mike Murphy there.
2: I think that like direction of foiling is like possible and like it probably will eventually like somebody will do it like Austin's the only one who i've really seen i want to see you do it really bro I- i've tried it a couple times and just like try to keep it mellow but with <laughs> straps like the straps come off your feet so easily and like especially at higher speeds, it's just so dangerous Would like you need boots like yeah yeah or heel know.
0: straps I- i've just seen a couple guys I think boots are the way
2: yeah if boots. you just put wakeboard boots on For it a double you-, you can seriously send some stuff but I don't see myself going in that direction just because it's like so risky. And like I've had, like I said, I think what I say six surgeries now, it's like I I can't be doing all that, you know, I'm I'm not trying to break my knees, but it's possible, but I think it's it's safer for air chair guys because they're strapped into the boards and it's not their legs that are strapped into it.
0: Some boots would be sweet. I definitely want to send some NBD, never been done tricks. Like, before I get too old to send that stuff. I love I watching I got awesome. five more years until I turn 30, so I definitely, like, want to get the Pete Rose and a Wake to Wake 720, like, yeah. pass and a few other flip tricks. A back mode, for sure, which is just, like, a back roll and then a 360 handle pass after. So it's, like, a 720, but an inverted spin and then a handle pass, and I've been really close on that one. I just need to, like, put in more time. So this summer, I yeah, just need to cool. go out and just... Slam, slam, slam until I get it. Oh, it's <laughs> that time of the year where we start putting the time in, yeah, trying to learn that's new stuff. Thing. That's when it like starts to feel like, you know, just like work when you're just like trying to land that trick. It kinda like takes the fun out of it, but then when you get it, it's so worth it.
1: Let's talk about that process just for a minute. Like it it's a deliberate activity, right? You've got an objective, you're going into it, you're making little adjustments, I would assume. Are you using video? Are you like going and breaking down clips every one rep every five reps like what's the process like once you decide i'm gonna land this and then you do 50 attempts or whatever it is
0: it's been like first you get your foundation of tricks like and you try to get them consistent and then you try to do them all within a line and get them consistent like that like once you have a good array of tricks just getting them all down in a line is like my first step and then from there i want to just like film something new that i haven't done before So, like, once I've gotten – and just more riding, you just get way more consistent, and it becomes just way more natural. So, just being able to do, like, all your banger tricks within a line, like, that's really good to get. And then some days I just want to go out there and then just, like, film something new. But those days are, like – I want to have just like a close friend or something in the boat or someone in the boat, like just someone driving, someone filming and just like repetition and let all the boys ride too. It wouldn't be one of those days when we just have like a bunch of people in the boat that all mm-hmm. are trying yeah. to ride. So there's, there's those weekend days where everyone just wants to like party and, and just ride. But then I don't want to be like taking up all the time, just trying a new trick. It's a training session. Yeah. yeah. you're going out The training the sessions are key. Just like a mm-hmm. progression a good session good. with the boys. I'd pick that any day.
2: I think the biggest part of learning a new trick is having the right crew. Like having someone to film and having someone who's down to turn the boat around 100 times and keep picking you up and be motivating the whole time, you know? How many it,
0: times did strapless flip take? The strapless flip so I saw was, you try yeah, that so over, many times. over 50
2: for sure, probably closer to 100. Um, the day that I landed it, it, was like my third try, but overall it, it took me a long time and that was one where I didn't... Like the, the process of learning a new trick for me goes from like not knowing if it's possible to then just like trying it anyway and seeing how it goes. And then usually there's like this moment where I'll get close enough to where I know that it's possible. And that is my favorite part of the process is like, once I know it's possible, but I'm still like so far away, Mm. that's really when I get motivated and like put in those sessions of like an hour long where I'm just not giving up. And that's the only thing I'm trying. And like, those are the most fun sessions for me because it's like so defeating, but so rewarding once you eventually get it. Um, but yeah, I think just figuring, like realizing that you can do it, is like the best. That's part for the me. thing. And
0: then <laughs> when you realize that you can do it and you haven't done it, it just yeah. bugs you. Yeah. Like you just like can't sleep at night until you go do it. So it's just like you got to go get it done. I think Austin and I are both
2: in that phase right now with the seven twenty. just like bug you, yeah. Like I, I haven't been I, in this in this phase of a trick for this long ever. Right. Like the right. seven twenty. Yeah. yeah. Usually, like once I think of something and I get close and I know it's possible. I get it done within at least like a month, and I'll just like put the time in and like
0: seven's a tough one. The seven twenty,
2: yeah. Since since I started trying it, I haven't like had the time or like the the crew to to do it.
0: Yeah, and neither has lost. It's awesome, just but like one of those days. Like I put in some days where I've just tried it and tried it and tried it and slammed and slammed and slammed and come really close. But um this this summer hopefully is the time. I, just like lately, I haven't been riding as much boat, so I've just been going to like ride and have fun and just like do the tricks that I know. But I'm I'm ready just to get something new under my belt again. But I think he's gonna hold that strapless flip as his for a long time. Um,
2: yeah, I saw Matahi getting close in the ocean, or at least trying it. But well, that'd be sick to see him do. You. Yeah. Um, I think that the 720 will definitely go down the next time that you and I ride together. Right. Like, uh, it just you get to go first. We'll do
0: five, five times each. He was getting close, like, um, just staying on the same wake. And then I tried to do the transfer. So, like, have the driver hit the wake transfer and, like, do it with the transfer. And I've landed on the board, like, many times, but just haven't pumped it out. Because by the time I get across, I'm just so far behind the wake that I'm not in where the power is to, like, get me back up. But you gotta keep trying it.
1: That's, that's gonna be sick. I can't even fathom that.
0: You just throw the head and shoulders and just hope for the best. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's a weird one. It's hard to like
0: stay on top though, because a lot yeah. of times I'd get off axis and just like slam my head.
2: Yeah, spinning that fast and staying on axis when you're like leaving the water and you're already like however tall the mast is, like two and a half three feet above the water, is like next to impossible to like stay on a a flat axis so like yep. that's been the real struggle of the 720 is like winding up and spinning that fast keeping while, your while staying straight yeah like keeping staying your
0: straight is, is definitely the hard part
2: yeah it's flipping on a foil comes really naturally because like the foil wants to go up in the air but it doesn't want to spin side to side so like getting yeah, two rotations sense. done in the air is like it's really trippy the on the foil it almost like sends you upside down sometimes
0: yeah, it's all about the pop and the right timing too. And
2: waiting, I think, if you try and pre-spin, then like your foil shoots you out of the water re- on a really weird axis. Where if you can just like pop it straight out of the water and then spin like right as that happens, that's kind of when the best ones come around.
1: From that, what you just said there, do you want to ride a really small tail? Something that probably yeah, something uh, that slips yeah. a little bit easier. I pretty much always ride a,
2: my my chop two thirty two, the two twelve Armstrong mm-hmm. tail. And I, I've
1: noticed that it slides a lot easier, and that's it might even be too. interesting to try something even smaller, it's like two hundred five, five, like yeah. The, yeah. the high aspect, like chop a high aspect. Yeah, I don't know how much like force you need from the tail for the pop, but um, I noticed that like those tails when I'm just hitting foam, staying on the water, but they slide so much quicker. Mm-hmm. You can like tweak them out a lot more. Right. Mm-hmm. That one like, setup
0: I yeah. tried to you is like slippery on the tail. I was- Mm-hmm. yeah but yeah no ba- the whole like banging foam thing that i got from you guys has just made like my strapless prone session so much more fun you're crushing right like now too. the the foam the banging is just so much fun like it's just made foiling feel so much more like surfing now and not as much just like linking as many ways as i can i kind of get burnt out of that like i yeah. love just dropping in and just eyeing up like a part of the wave that's pitching over and just trying to like Break the tail out mm-hmm. and just bang the foam, and then when you ride out, it just feels so good. Yeah. So I'm just like stoked. This you guys kind of started the whole foam bangers union thing, and like gave <laughs> me the idea to bang foam, and it's just made it like so much more fun.
1: Yeah, the FBU was our first club, and now it's the JB NCC. That's the Jacks Beach No Cardio Club. <laughs>
2: uh... <laughs> what? that's sick yeah. I've been working on my phone bang a lot recently dude too. you've been banging
1: know. bro
0: I saw some clips in uh, Hawaii some some critical section bangs yeah
2: I don't have that many good videos pocket yet, play but I, yeah I feel like I've been getting a lot better at my bang I love it it's so fun that's like probably the best feeling on a foil is just hitting a section that you would on a surfboard and like breaking the tail it, out approaching it the same way you yeah. know cause like I feel like a lot of my early on foiling was like almost like what you would compare like a chop pop to on a surfboard, just doing it like on the open Mm -hmm. face. But I think the real progression is like doing it like off of a breaking section or like off the lip.
0: Yeah. It's all like positioning just like surfing is, you know, it's all positioning.
2: Mm -hmm. Shout out to Austin for sending it off the lip since day one. I feel like he's, he's been like approaching it the surf style way for a really long time and like sending it off of huge sections and just going massive. So He's really inspired me to go bigger on the foil, especially with straps on, and it's been super crazy to watch. He's got some insane clips on his Instagram of him just going or on that thing. I
0: love just getting as much speed as I can in, like, a steep wave and just, like, seeing the section, and it's all timing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and just, like, trying to do, like, actual proper airs, not just, like, always off of the lip. Like, actually where the wave is breaking. Yep. Yeah. And then, like, landing in the white water is always, like, a little of a challenge, but... It's all fun. I
1: love it when we're out there towing and it's just like, where's Austin? It's just <laughs> fly to the air.
0: Yeah, it's so fun. But yeah, definitely trying to incorporate more like flowy turns in with it and just kind of, yeah. It.
1: Now you're going to have a really high level all around foil game. Like you already do, obviously. Nice. But
0: Thanks. The MA800 really changed the game for me. That just, the thing just surfs so good. Like that's yeah. my new go-to. Towing. towing for sure. It was the CF950 because that thing's really surfy, but the... MA 800 is, is epic. There was a lot of times there when I, was, I would go toe on like the high aspect, uh, 725, and uh, those are really fast, but I feel like I can surf the MAs a lot better.
1: Got a buddy, um, good friend in Costa Rica, who swears that the 725 chopped is the best um, toe. Toe. Wind. Wow. He's chopped it off like probably like that much. Mm-hmm. It's like, like a 55 what about centimeter board now. 525?
2: 525's epic, dude. Yeah, that's probably the fastest wing that
0: Armstrong has. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like, it's almost Let's like that, that one's one too. almost too fast yeah. to be doing airs because you'll be lining up the section and then it'll just burn past it mm. before it breaks. That's, that's the thing. Like you'll be eyeing up the air reaction, but you'll literally like just blast right past it before it's pitching over. So it's like the MA is like perfect for just like landing tricks.
1: Sick.
0: Winging too, it was so sick at Shax, dude. Like winging Shax on the MA was a blast. And I finally got the wing 360s like passing the wing behind my back and got a couple clips of that too. So that was a blast.
1: Right on. Shax is killer. Well, I just checked it. It looks fun out back. Wind is on, you see some sheep? Yeah, Some white a Little bit.
0: Oh, we can definitely
2: pop up in that. I yeah. oh. wish I could wish I could join you, boys. <laughs> I'm gonna go do some wakeboarding in the wind, do some last minute training. I'm going to Australia here in a couple of days for my first tour stop of the season. It's called the Masters. You still love it? You still love the wakeboard tour and everything? Yeah, I do. Competing is like super fun to me, and I'm pretty competitive as a as an athlete. I'd say so. Really competitive. It's, um, it's fun to get out there and compete against the boys, and I, I haven't been putting as much time or effort into competitive wakeboarding over the last few years as I've kind of expanded my brand into just doing all the sports that I love to do. True Waterman. So it's definitely harder to keep up with these legends, but um, giving it my all still and still having fun traveling around the world with all the boys and just seeing what I can make happen.
1: Um, well I'll give you guys the last word this has been awesome I really appreciate you guys coming on it's fun to do it in person and- yeah Yeah. thanks out. for
0: letting me join on yeah I know you wanted to get known on, on for a while but I'm glad I could hop on too I
1: think it made it better man it's the stories and stuff yeah, yeah it's been
0: great for sure absolutely but yeah just stoked to see the sport of foiling just continue to move forward and progress and more people get into it and the sport just start getting more progressive and, and more fun for, for everybody and the gear just keeps getting so much better yeah. which I really love to see yeah super
2: thankful to be on the show and be where Austin and I are in our careers like with the gear that we get to ride like foiling wasn't even a thing I feel like even like 10 years ago like we never would have fathomed this so just thankful to be growing up at the time that we are and inspired by the other people and all the legends shredding right now and just a word to everybody just keep doing what you love and don't box yourself in, you know. Don't don't just do one thing or one style
0: of something. Just kind of keep it fresh by just changing yeah. it up, and it'll increase your skills and all the sports. It'll just follow your heart, you know. Yeah, but de- yeah, definitely a big shout out to Armstrong for just the gear, just making it so much better um, and so much easier for us to push and learn these new tricks. So excited to see what what new gear is going to come and make it even more fun. Yeah the future yeah I thought I just couldn't get any better years ago and it just keeps getting better and better so it's getting better future is bright for foiling for sure it's looking good this is the progression project podcast deconstructing foiling flow and the learning process with your host Eric Anton.